everyone. Welcome to the show. My name is Emily. And I'm Paige. And we are both Victoria's decapitated head. And you're listening to Tuesdays Are for Twilight. There is so much. Never have I wanted your reaction to anything more than this, except for the ones that I've done live readings of. But this, like, I kind of wanted to do, but it was too long. It was too much. But I'm dying to hear what you thought about this. But should we do our little intro stuff first? Let's do it. Okay. Um, recommendations corner straight up did not think of anything. Um, so you go first. <laughs> um, okay, let's see. Recommendation corner for this week. Oh, I got one. Um Okay. I'm gonna recommend going to the library. I know that reading isn't for everyone and maybe it's just me, but going to the library really makes me feel very good. It's a place where I feel not judged at all. I have time to myself. It's quiet. You know, I can spend as much time there and not feel like, I don't know, it's just it's just a relaxing vibe for me. It really puts me in a good headspace. So if you like reading and you've been thinking about wanting to go to the library, 100% do it. It's worth it. I love that. Also, even if you don't like reading, they have like movies and other stuff there. That's true. At my library, you can rent out entire ser- like seasons of TV shows. Like they have all of Game of, Th- Game of Thrones on DVD. Yeah, it's pretty cool. I've even seen some libraries that have like records um, that you can rent and stuff. So pretty cool. Yeah, I I have no complaints at all. Um, my recommendation is for my exercising girlies or really anybody. Um, friend of the pod, Remy, for I think it was my birthday or Christmas. They're the same to me in my brain. Um, this past year, she got me a massage gun. Have you heard of these, Paige? I've seen videos. It is the single most useful thing I have in my house. <laughs> like, it is so nice. Um, it just really helps with, like, my soreness. I'm a weightlifter, so that's why I use it. But I know that, like, people who don't even, like, really like exercising can benefit from it. Like, everyone needs a back massage in this country. Let's get real. So I highly recommend. I don't have any brand recommendations. I straight up do not know the brand of the one she got me. It's not the, like, famous ones. I think the instruction manual was in Chinese, but it works really well. Amen. I mean, I've always thought about the benefits of buying a massage chair for my house just to just for fun, you know, so I can see the benefit of this gift and why you recommended it. Yeah. One time when we were younger, gave me well, her mom gave me her old massage chair because they didn't want it anymore. But it wasn't really a chair. It was like a thing that you strapped to a chair. Yes. And I didn't really have a chair that fit it at my house, so I would just put it on the floor and put my feet on it, and then it would massage my feet. That sounds nice, honestly. It was nice. Yeah. What else is good? You got anything to share? I have something. Some of the most, I what I told my coworker at the funeral home is, it's one of the most exciting and embarrassing things at the same time that is arriving at my house on Friday. It's a cat stroller. <laughs> you are not taking Tina outside in that, are you? I am 100% doing it. She wants to go outside so bad, but she refuses to wear the leash. So I'm like, well, I want to take her out. So I got a stroller. It was only like 60 bucks. I just feel like she thinks she wants to go outside. But knowing Tina, I feel like when she actually gets outside, she's going to lose her shit. 
Well, it ha- it's a zipper, so it's like not like an open air stroller. You you zip it closed. Okay, I guess that's fair. I mean, I'm excited for you. Let me know how it goes. I'm very curious. I think it will really motivate me to get out of the house and walk a little bit more. Yeah, especially as the weather, hopefully, will be getting warmer here shortly. It's been cold past few days, but. That reminds me, yesterday I had to take Mila and Malcolm in for their annual vet appointment and kind of get them established with a vet in Denver because I moved here. Um, I don't know, a long time ago. <laughs> Anyways, um, I literally had them both in the room. The vet comes in. Well, actually, it was the vet's assistant. But I was I was like, which one do you want first? Malcolm is the good one. Mila is the brat. And she's like, I guess we'll do Malcolm like because his chart was up first or whatever. And so... Right after I got done saying he was the good one, this man, he was in his little cat carrier and we couldn't get him to come out. So she turned it upside down and he contorted his body so much so that only like his back was hanging out and he was clinging to the sides with his claws and he wouldn't fall out. I had to drag him out inch by painful inch. He lost like three of his fucking toenails. He just wanted to be a little dramatic. Like, what the fuck? And then, of course, Mila's turn comes up and she comes right out. I'm like, what is going on here? Mila thought, this is my time to shine. This is my time to win some points back from mom. Yeah, I heard her talking shit, so I'm gonna gonna try and behave for once. (laughs) That actually seems right up Mila's alley. Do you know what Mila's sign is? Um, June 17th. Oh, okay. Interesting. What is she then? I believe she's a cancer. If she's not a cancer, she's uh, something else. Something else that's uh, that's in there. Pisces, maybe? No, no. Taurus. For some reason, she was giving me Scorpio energy. I don't know much, like, as you know, I don't know much about anything but other than the ones that I am. I only know the ones of people that I know. So like like Libra, I know nothing about or when it is. Aquarius, I know nothing about or when it is. Pisces, I know very little. If there's another one, I don't even know. I just looked it up and she's a Gemini, which actually tracks, I feel like. Actually, yeah, that does track. She literally showed her Geminiisms at the vet. True, that is true. I kind of want to see what Malcolm is now. Um, oh, no, he's a Capricorn like me, which does not track. You know, when he sees some bags, he gets on a mission. He gets very determined, and, you know, maybe that's what causes him to be his shining star. (laughs) I guess. Be better for us caps, Malcolm. Tina's a Pisces. What is that? What What are Pisces like? They're kind of, like, a little crazy, um, a little, like, very spontaneous, very trying to get into shenanigans. Um, they're just, like, very, like, flighty, I would say. And, you know, just about having a good time. That all checks out for her, I feel like. Yeah. So, we got to get into it. This week, we read chapters 23 and 24 of Eclipse. Monster. Fucker. I'm just kidding. And what was the second one? Oh, Snap Decision. Let's hear your reaction. I know nothing about what you think, but I, I mean, I have some theories, but go ahead. 
Okay, I'm going to sum up Monster with a famous Tyra Banks quote. It was so bad, I wanted to give it a zero. But that's not possible. So I give it a one. That's how I feel about it. Say more. <laughs> I'm just like, why? It, it was so unneeded. So for a long time, it's not horrible it's pretty bad but it's like for a long time through the chapter I was like I don't know why Emily was so interested to hear my opinions on this or why she barred me from sharing my thoughts and then the last like six pages happened and I was like oh and I compiled just a bunch of images and gifts that I wanted to send to Emily to express really how I was feeling inside as the more paragraphs I read. Um, so if you'd like, I can send them your way. Please do. Let's go on a visual journey. We'll tell you what they are. <laughs> okay. She's already laughing. I, I just know what's in store for you. And I do want to say that oh, there's a lot of Miss J in here. Love that. Okay, I'm just going to read them one by one in the order that I got them, folks. First one, honestly, we'll just post all these when we post this episode. First one is Gordon Ramsay, but it's like extremely pixelated and zoomed in on his face, and he looks like there is something in his ass. Second one, <laughs> second one is that frame from SpongeBob where um, he tries Gary's food and his tongue like turns brown and shrivels up. Um, okay, hold on. Going to the next one. Third one is the famous Miss J. If you don't know who we're talking about, she is like the, she was a judge on America, or not a judge. Well, yeah, she was a judge occasionally on America's Next Top Model, but she was just on there. She was like the runway coach. Um, she's very like spicy. And it's the famous gif of her like clutching her pearls, basically, like in shock. Then the next one is another gif of her zooming in on her face, also in shock. It's hilarious. <laughs> the next one is also of her she's wearing an insane wig that like sticks up three feet from her hair from her head I should say and it says dis period a uh, period gree exclamation point <laughs> second to last one is the, that uh, meme of that black guy with the blue striped shirt on the phone and he just looks pissed like he's asking to speak to the manager and last one is a final Miss J gif, um, the famous one where she's in yellow and she's like waving her hands around and saying, what? I just, it, it was so, I don't know. I just don't know why Stephanie had to do it. I don't know. I feel like this chapter and going into the next chapter really like, painted Bella in like a really terrible like it made her look really bad it obviously made Jacob look really bad it's very gross reading Jacobs and I'm just like why why was it necessary I it was just I don't understand it was quite bad and also it described the kiss far too long and in far too much detail I fully agree and I will add two thoughts number one as Paige and I have stated before, when we are on Edward's side of something, it's a bad time. But he is, like, the only good one in these chapters. 
And honestly, I'll get into this later, but he was kind of sexy. I can't, I can't front. Second thought, I'm going to get hate for this. I already know it. I actually mean it this time, but I just feel like Stephanie was pandering. I feel like she wanted to lean into the whole team Jacob versus team Edward thing. And she was like, well, what can I do? to still have Bella and Edward be my favorite couple or my perfect couple because I'm a self insert for Bella, but also like kind of throw a bone to my team Jacob fans. I, I just, you know, I, I really am at a loss for words. It was just very, very hard to get through. And I was curled up on the couch so tight and my muscles were so strained because I was so stressed out. Like, this camping is not sexy. I don't know why this needs to be happening. You're on the side of a mountain. We don't need to be feeling these feelings. I agree. Um, also funny because Paige and I... Um... FaceTime or Skyped to do our reshoots for last week's episode on Saturday and I had had already done part of the reading and she had not and I obviously knew it was coming and I knew it was going to be bad but I forgot the details and so I was like have you done the reading and she was like no and I was like oh god (laughs) honey you got a big storm coming I genuinely, so when it first started happening, I was like, how is this not the infamous scene in this book? Like, like the last chapter you read, because it, you said it was like the infamous fire and ice chapter or whatever. And then I got to this one and I was like, why didn't she read this one? This one is crazy scandalous. But then the longer it got into detail of the kiss and the more pull, hair pulling and... Just, I was like, oh, that's why. This would have been really hard to read out loud. Yeah, I would have been mortified. <laughs> well, on another note, I there is a line in um, Split Second. Snap Decision. Snap Decision. There's a line in Snap Decision that I was like, Paige could have been saying this line. And I'll just say now it's, I was right all along. It was Victoria this whole time. I was like, Paige could have said that one. Paige called that one from the beginning. And yeah, it was like, who's this Riley fellow? I honestly feel really bad for Riley. It seems like Riley got the, you know, he got boned in this whole situation. It really seems like we don't know a lot about him, but it seems like he was having a bad time. Feel bad for him a little bit. Um, but yeah, like Victoria being over and done with and head gonzo you know like that is a a relief and I mean we have still a little tiny chunk of book left so I'm like what is going to happen in the remaining chapters I genuinely don't know yeah yeah re Riley I also feel bad for him they make a much bigger deal of him in the movie they make him kind of like a real character and they actually open the movie on him they make it so basically they frame the whole seattle thing instead of like because you can't really just like show a newspaper article in a movie so they use like they use his investigation his missing persons investigation that charlie is involved in to like kind of describe what's happening in seattle and also he's really hot the actor who plays him and also our most popular Tumblr post ever was one time at like midnight on a Wednesday. I was like, was Riley Beers really hot or was that just me? And then like everyone was like, nope, not just you, not just you. I want to see him now. Can I look him up? Um, I will do it just in case. 
Um, but yeah, let me find a quick photo. He just has like a gravelly voice too. And he there's this famous line that he says like, He's yelling at the army and he's like, what did I say about a low profile? And it's very sexy. Okay. He's a cutie. He doesn't look like what I expected him to look like. From reading what he looked like in the book, he was giving me Draco Malfoy vibes. Yeah, he was not blonde in the movie. I forgot that he was blonde in the book. And when I read that, I was like, ew. (laughs) I was literally picturing like Draco Malfoy white blonde hair. Yeah, no. I, I don't blame you. That's how he's described pretty much, so. Yeah. Um, well, with that, did you, have, did you have something else you wanted to say? No. Okay. That's it. That's the end of the episode. Nice talking with you all. I just don't want to do it. I just don't want to do it. We gotta. We're doing this for you guys. We're doing this for you. Is there any relief in Breaking Dawn? No. Okay. <laughs> In fact, it gets worse. <laughs> I I only have a sliver left of me. I cannot, I can't do it. Imagine you were 12. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Imagine you were a kid or a teenager reading this chapter. I... I was having I was having hard a hard time getting through this as an adult. I can't imagine as a child with like very little emotional development. <laughs> yep. Honestly, we got to do it to him. We're in this together. All right. <laughs> so, honestly, as per usual, I'm going to hit the highlights. Okay. So Bella wakes up in the morning after the whole tent scene. And she's trapped in the sleeping bag with Jacob. And so she asks Edward to help her get out. And he does so by, like, basically throwing Jacob out of his sleeping bag, which I thought was funny. But it then becomes a whole thing. And everybody's growling, including Seth, outside the tent. It's awkward. Awkward and just we were at such a great place in the last chapter. The calmness, the open and honesty. And, you know, just the the men, really, the boys, really, I just getting along a little bit, acting calm. And then everything gets taken away. Everything is lost. Yeah, I mean, in a few pages when Edward drops the bomb on Jacob, he says, truce over. And I'm like, no shit, bro. I, I, the, there was a very specific reason why I changed my my phrasing from men to boys. And it's because they're children. Yeah. I I figured as much. <laughs> I do love Edward's savage line on page 509. Um, Jacob is talking about how Bella was talking in her sleep. Later it comes out that she was talking about both Edward and Jacob. And, you know, Jacob is messing with Edward and he says, didn't you have a nice night then? And Edward says, it wasn't the worst night of my life. And Jacob says, did it make the top 10? And Edward says, possibly. But if I had been able to take her place last night, it would not have made the top 10 of the best nights of my life. Dream about that. I love love that. It was so funny. I, you know, Edward has had quite a few 
pretty scathing roasts in this book. And I do appreciate that. I just feel like, I don't know. I feel like I like him more this book. Not just because of this situation, but I just feel like he is acting more like a nice person. I agree that of all the Edwards I've known, this one has been my favorite. I also did really like New Moon Edward because he was gone for a lot of it. <laughs> you asshole. Um, I was going to ask you too, like, do you think that Bella remembers the conversation? There's this moment on page 512 where she says, I couldn't remember what I dreamed about or if I dreamed at all, so that was no help. And the whole time she was hearing that conversation, she kept calling it a dream. So I don't have an answer. I'm just curious on what you think. Like, do you think she remembers it? I don't know if she necessarily remembers it. I can totally see and empathize with that feeling of in the moment of having a dream or like as soon as I wake up, I'm like, oh my gosh, that is so crazy. I'm going to have to remember that later. But then in the middle of the day, I remember an inkling of some sort of feeling that I was having, but I cannot, I cannot for the life of me remember any detail whatsoever. I just remember like, oh, I had like a weird dream last night that I was supposed to remember. And I could totally see Bella feeling that way, like that there was something that was important, but she was so sleepy and had just come out of sleeping that it's kind of lost in her subconscious. I and I mean, that's totally me editorializing. It, that could be fake, but I've lived that experience. So it makes sense in my head. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I feel like she doesn't remember it. So pretty much the same as you. Yeah. I don't think I, I don't remember any part in either of these chapters where she brings up anything from their conversation you know I feel like she would if she had remembered it or she would have had she would have been quiet for a long time and then Edward would be like what are you thinking about and then she'd be like nothing and then it would be like a long drawn out thing of him finding out the truth of what she was talking about but never happens so I just don't I don't think that she has very many memories if any of the conversation yeah Honestly, for the best, because I don't want to hear that recounted. The first time was enough. Yeah, my cup is full. <laughs> okay, so Jacob leaves because he's mad. And also the fight's about to start. But he's mad at Edward, so he, quote-unquote, leaves. Then Belle and Edward start talking about their ten best nights and how they have a lot of the same ones. But Edward says that his best one is... Um, like two nights ago. What does he say? Let me find it. That would be two nights ago when you finally agreed to marry me. And then shortly thereafter, Jacob basically screams as a wolf. I have so many thoughts, but let's hear yours first. I don't really appreciate how Edward handled the situation. There was, there was just no need. Like there was definitely a better time to be doing this, you know, like this is not what should be focused on right now. I agree that we should tell Jacob at some point. For sure we should tell him. But maybe not right now. Maybe there's other things to focus on. Um, the screaming as a wolf, there is a very popular TikTok filter going around right now where you transform yourself into a wolf. And I like the, the animation that it does exactly fits this. It's like 
a very like kind of a thing and that's how I feel <laughs> it's not it's not really a, an important thought it's just it makes me, my brain think of that I appreciate that uh, I haven't seen it or else I could probably relate um <laughs> once again I'm gonna get hate for this but I kind of stand on Edward did I'm like somebody had to do it it's messy but somebody had to do it if I was him I probably would have said it the night before during the conversation I would have been like like, when he's, like, Jacob's, like, Bella's in love with me. She just doesn't know it yet. I would have been, like, maybe that's true, but she did agree to marry me, just so you know. Like, I'm petty as fuck, and I would do that shit. So, it is what it is. I agree that that is a better solution, for sure. Because you're inadvertently using Bella as a weapon against, like, I... She, she you didn't need to you didn't need to like trick Bella into doing it like we all could have had this conversation before or like you said Edward could have said it the night before but like using it using letting being a little deceitful and using your supernatural powers to like put Bella into the situation I feel like was a little crummy yeah okay I agree with that I will accept that I do agree though that someone did have to say it and you know, I feel like Edward, he would say it, which he did. Yeah. However, thought number two, I'm like, why is he so upset about this? How many fucking rom-coms have been made where, like, the the other guy convinces the woman, like, who's going to her wedding that she shouldn't marry the guy and, like, they run off into the sunset together? Like, I just don't get why this is, like, such a line in the sand for him. Like, you knew that they were in love? I'm just, I don't understand. Yeah, I would say if she's not, I mean, engaged isn't married. You know, things could happen. It doesn't have to be wolf screaming into the darkness. <laughs> okay. I literally don't have a note for seven pages after this, because I'm just like, whatever. But. I have a note. It's not important, but it's literally all I could think about until the climax of this chapter. I have anxiety over Bella's hair. How knotted she is making it sound and how like rat nested she is making it sound. I just want to run a comb through her hair. Yeah, same. Cause I've been there and it's horrible and I can't look at anyone. Yeah. And she gets like this crazy, like I'm picturing when she's kissing Jacob, he's, like, trying to run his fingers through her hair, but he can't because there's, like, a huge knot in the back of her head from her mats. Ew. <laughs> okay. We've all been there. We've all been there. Oh, yeah, we've all been there. I just hated – I couldn't stop thinking about it. I don't blame you. That is an important note. Thank you for making it. <laughs> So Bella's not mad at Edward. She blames herself for existing, basically. <laughs> and then she asks Edward to go get him, which I'm like, what was that combo? He rolled up and he was like, would you come back? <laughs> Sorry, I'm a dick. You know, like, what the fuck? I don't know how Edward managed it. I honestly don't. Because if I was Jacob, there would be absolutely no way I was talking to him. Yeah, even if I didn't, scream into the darkness, I would just be like, I would give myself the ick by going back. Mm -hmm. And I feel like just seeing Edward's face, knowing Jacob, it would have caused him to go into a Paul level fury. Yeah, true. 
True. I don't know. I think maybe it's just lazy writing, but <laughs> anyways, Bella waits and finally Jacob does come back. While she's waiting, she's having this whole thought process about like, it's too, like, I can never cry over Jacob Black again. I've got to cut him off. I've got to do what I got to do. I, I got to stop hurting the people that I love. Blah, blah, blah. See how that turned out. Anyway, so Edward and Jacob come back. And Edward has the decency to be like, I know that you want, like, privacy for this, so I'm going to leave. His exact thing was, I'm on page 521. I'm going to take Seth a little ways and try to straighten it out. Some complication. I don't even know what they were talking about here. I don't know either. Like, what? I it, Again, it seems like it's just a placeholder for how this would have casually happened. Right, right. Yeah, maybe they'll explain it next chapter. I don't think so. Anyway. I won't go far, but I won't listen either. I know you don't want an audience no matter which way you decide to go. This line made me so uncomfortable because why are we making this a thing, TM? Like, why did he, why was he acting like, this is the moment, this is the critical moment where you choose me or him? You're engaged. Like, obviously, it's probably hard for him to see, like, her so upset that, that she hurt his feelings. But I'm like, Bella is almost forced into this horrible moment. I'm not going to say it's not her fault because it is, 100%. But I'm like, why did this have to be a fucking episode of Maury right now? What is going on? Yeah, and for an important conversation like this, I mean, it would have been emotional for Bella. It would have been hard for Bella, even if it was the perfect scenario. But she's already, like, worked up. And there's this looming threat of Victoria and the war and people she loved might die. Like, this, I again, I just don't feel like this is the time to be doing this. There are better times when people can, you know, maybe channel their emotions and their thoughts just on this and not have to also be stressed and worry about other things too. I fully agree with my whole chest. I was thinking about, for example, Sam or Jasper or just people on the periphery that are in this fight that are that know about it because everyone's talking about what's happening right now. And they're like, now? We all have to do this right now? <laughs> I feel really bad. I, I mean, they kind of touch on this with Seth, but I feel bad for all the wolves because they all hear everything that one of them is thinking. Yeah. And Sam is, or not Sam, Seth is witness to literally all of it. I want to die. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm, Bella is lucky that he saved her life in split decision because if I had just heard and witnessed the most disgusting of kisses, I don't, I don't, I feel like I would be, my stomach would be nauseous. I don't know if I could handle a fight. I agree. Also, it's snap decision for the fourth time today. <laughs> I will never remember it. Okay. Literally, I wrote page 523. From here to the end of the chapter is horrible. Okay. I mean, it doesn't it just doesn't need to be said. We know what happens. Jacob is horrible and manipulative. I Loki can't believe that Bella falls for it, but she basically tries to quote unquote break up with him and just cut it off. Like she had said in her 
you know, her thoughts before they they got back. And he's like, you know what? I'll I'll just I'll go sacrifice myself so it'll be easier for everyone. Like he was gonna do that. My asshole. My asshole. So then, hold on, I'm not done. So then Bella's like, no, please, no, don't do that. And he's like, okay, I won't under one condition. We make out. Like, what? That is so shitty. I don't even, that's not even a good enough word. It's really giving me, um, if you break up with me, I'm going to kill myself vibes. Like, I, it's, you cannot put that onto another person. That is not Bella's responsibility. Like, you, that is so manipulative. And that is what the courts would call duress, people. That is illegal. You will go to jail for having someone enter a contract that way. You cannot do that. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, I feel bad that I dragged Bella for falling for it. I am still kind of rattled that she fell for it. But it is extremely, like manipulative he does it well I am a little not surprised that she fell for it because this whole time she has been literally petrified and willing to sacrifice herself for like the thought of Jacob or Edward or anyone she loves dying in this battle like her biggest fear number one is Edward dying her biggest fear number two probably is Edward Jacob dying so for him to say I'm going to make that a reality I feel like it causes her brain to just spiral. She like that's her one of her biggest fears. She can't let that happen. Yeah. Totally true. Yeah. So Bella pushed to the point of extreme emotional manipulation asks Jacob to kiss her. Of course, he makes the most of his situation and is just like forcing her to like touch him, drags his drags her arm around his neck, and she's just standing there accepting it, which is horrible in any physical situation ever. And is not consent. Let me just remind everybody. So then he intimates, wow, that's a big word. I found myself using that. He intimates that if she doesn't kiss him back better he will go kill himself, even though she did exactly what he asked. And she gets mad, finally, and tries to break free. And then somehow, parentheses, bad writing. Her breaking, trying to break free is interpreted by Jacob as passion, and his happiness at her imagined passion turns her anger into passion. That's bad writing. You cannot go from that mad to, like, that turned off. Well, well, I take that back. But you cannot go from, like, that uncomfortable and anti the situation to suddenly being like, oh, wait, actually, yeah. It it seems so forced. Remember that feeling when you finished the last book in the Hunger Games series and you're like, huh. Why this just all of it seemed like it was forced and didn't didn't really make sense and just didn't seem cohesive with everything else. No, I loved those books. <laughs> I liked the first two. I just did not care for the third one very much. 
Well, <laughs> that's a story for another podcast. I loved Mockingjay. Okay, well, never mind. Anyways, it just felt really forced. It didn't. It didn't make sense. And I mean, up to this point, I feel like all, pretty much the vast majority of this book has been pretty Team Edward. Seems very Edward focused. There's been a, a few blips of Jacob shining through, but for the most part, you kind of get the feeling that Bella is gonna choose Edward. It just, it didn't fit with the vibe. It just didn't, it didn't line up with where this book was going. It just, it felt interjected in. I agree. It would have even felt like less bad writing if she had just given into it in the first part of the kiss, like, because he was being so, like, forward. Like, that, I still would have been pissed, but it would have made more sense to me than her being mad and then suddenly a, a switch flipping. Yeah, to me, it just seems like she needed to draw, like, at this point, when this book had come out, Breaking Dawn had not been, how do I want to phrase this? When the movies came out, were all the books written? I don't remember. No, I think Breaking Dawn had yet to come out when Twilight came out. Okay, because I feel like, Maybe it's possible at this point in her writing eclipse that the Team Jacob, Team Edward hype was fully vamped. And this, like you said, is pandering. Like it's, you know, giving the fans too much. Like it's leaning too much into it. Like really dangling the carrot, so to speak. Yeah, I agree. It is pandering. So they start making out, and Bella goes through the five, is it five stages of grief? Yes. (laughs) Or whatever. (laughs) She basically acknowledges that she was, she is in love with him, but it's not enough. She briefly and awkwardly pictures a future with him and having children, but then is like, still not enough. I don't love him enough. Yeah, it was very bizarre. I feel like we haven't heard anything about her wanting kids with Edward. Right, and she probably thinks that that's impossible. Because Rosalie can't have kids, you know? I guess that's fair. Um, I just, I, like, I've also never really, like, aside from her mothering her own mother, I feel like Bella hasn't really talked about, like, her desire to have kids. Like, I feel like this is the first time it's even been mentioned. Put a pin in that. God. (laughs) Okay, so then they stop kissing, but then they kiss again, which I was like, dig the knife in a little deeper, would you, Steph? Goddamn. (laughs) And then Jacob leaves to go participate in the fight. Did you have any... Oh, wait. Before I say that. There is one... Part on page 524. I accidentally skipped over. I never understood this line. I wanted to see what you thought about it. Um, Towards the top. I, Bella says, I won't run away. I, I've changed my mind. We'll work something out, Jacob. There's always a compromise. Don't go. You're lying. I'm not. You know what a terrible liar I am. Look in my eyes. I'll stay if you do. His face hardened. And I can be your best man at the wedding? Does that mean he wants to be the groom? 
I, that line made no sense to me still to this day. No, I think what she's saying is like, like just the concept of he would be the like maid of honor, but the group or the, the best man, like he, he's saying the, the maid of honor, but for a guy, like he would be her, like, you know how guys have the best man? He would be doing that, but just for her. But why would he want that if he's, like, so upset about this wedding? Well, I think he's saying it sarcastically. Oh. That never occurred to me before. <laughs> yeah, like, the way that I read it was, like, like in even the italicies kind of made it seem sarcastic to me. And I can be your best man at the wedding. Like, he was saying it like that. Okay. Thank you for clarifying this decade-long confusion for me. Do you have anything else from this chapter? No, honestly, I want to just... Let's get to the good part. Let's get to the... Let's get to the brawling. Okay, can you sum up this chapter with my last note for it right there, in all caps? I am disgusted. Thank you. Chapter 24. Split or snap or freak or who knows decision. Okay. So Bella lies in the tent and awaits her fate, a.k.a. Edward, coming back, reading Seth's mind, or Jacob's, I guess he's probably close enough, and finding out what just happened. And Edward is so fucking nice to her. He says, like, you're only human, you know, he stitched you up when I broke your heart, like, it was meant, you were meant to have a bond with him, you can have whatever part of me you want. I'm like, if I'm Edward, oh boy, I'm pissed, I'd be so mad. Yeah, for how aggressive Edward was at the beginning of Monster, this is, like, a completely different person, you know? Yeah, I almost feel like just from Midnight Sun, I just feel like it's Edward being like, I was right. She is too good for me. She's not going to pick me in the end. You know? Yeah, that is true. These, I, I'm going to make put a prediction out there. I'll put money on it. These two will never get over their self-loathing. How much money are you looking for? <laughs> well, now I'm not so sure. Well, I'm not taking, no, I should have asked, because I'm not taking that bad because they don't. <laughs> I was going to say 20 bucks. Okay, that's that's a fair price to put on their love. <laughs> Edward does point out to Bella that Jacob was bluffing. Hard news for her to hear. Paige is giving a thumbs down, I agree. It's just disgusting, disgusting, like you said previously. Like, imagine you already feel gross and terrible and that you've betrayed the one that you really do love. And then to find out it was for nothing. Literally, it was not not only for nothing, but you were coerced into it. Yeah, like she already, like, is probably feeling gross because she's been the victim of these unwarranted advances for so long. And now she gets to deal with this too. Super great. Hate everything about it. 
when he says the whole thing about I'm not going to make you choose between us. Just be happy and you can have whatever part of me you want or none of none at all if that's better. That's horrible. That is listeners never say that to someone. Have enough self-respect to say you can have me as I am, all of me or none. No middle ground. Yeah, that's that's a really good point. Like I I see what he's trying to accomplish here and like in his head that he's it's a really good move. But, like, it's not a good move for him, for his own personal sanity and and mental health. As someone who has given this offer to people and said, I'm fine with it, when really I wasn't, it's nothing but bad. I will tell you, it is devastating. One-way ticket to depression. <laughs> Bella does get mad at him for saying this and asks, you know, she's like, you better fight for me. Like, don't be all noble and stuff. Let's make out. Remind me why I'm in love with you. Uh, which I like his response to that, where he's like, you know, I'd rather not do that in response to you kissing someone else. And I'm like, he does got you there, Bella. Yeah. Yeah. I, it, for some reason, this, this chapter had like desperation vibes and I just didn't care for it again it it comes back to me being like why are we making this a whole thing like everyone needs to chill yeah like I I I feel like it all comes back to the self-loathing Bella thinks that this is going to be a deal breaker she has completely broken Edward's trust she's made the wrong choice he's not going to love her anymore they're both going to die in this war. She's going to lose everything. And Edward is like, that's not it. That's not it, sis. But also at the same time, like you said, in his mind, he's like, well, I'm not surprised that she would pick someone else. I'll never be good enough. These two will never get over it. Meanwhile, there's a brief mention. Agree. Yes, and. Meanwhile, there's a brief mention of Jacob and how triumphant he is, as if, like, he's won. I'm sorry, what do you think's going to happen after this? Like, she just changed her mind and showed, like, that's a big leap to make, my friend. It is a big leap. However, I wouldn't be surprised if his brain did that. Like I said in the last episode, Jacob is the type of person to take an inch and run a mile with it. I could totally see him taking the physicalness of what just happened. I mean, Bella described that he completely misread part of what happened. So. In his mind, he's he's the winner right now. So I'm not surprised at all about that. Yeah. I guess we'll see how he's doing next chapter. Okay. So then the battle begins down in the clearing. And Edward is narrating it for Bella. Quick little note, page 538. I continue to stand Emmett because... Edward mentions that he is enjoying himself. And I just am picturing him like laughing while he destroys vampires i love that it is he will never he will never change if he's nothing he's reliable and awesome i since we're talking about that i thought it was really really interesting that edward is narrating pretty much verbatim what is going on in seth's head so we really get a look at how the because bella mentions that edward is so focused in the battle that he uses 
the she phrases it in like an Englishy kind of a way that he phrases it in like the pack plural or something like that. And then on page 336, we can, or is it 336? 536 probably. Five, 538, sorry, completely all wrong numbers. Um, my teeth locked together. He laughed once. We can hear Emmett. He's enjoying himself. It's just super interesting that they're one being, but like several arms of that being in a way. Like they all, it, reading the like the wheeze and they're really only like taking in like one thing, but everyone, it's just, it's kind of crazy to read about and wrap your head around like one brain, but multiple arms of that brain. Yeah, I agree. Cause would it be, I guess it wouldn't be hard to concentrate because they were create like they, I don't know if evolved is the right word, but they evolved to do this to fight vampires. And so like, I guess it wouldn't be distracting to be able to see everyone else's. It's like, it's almost like I picture it as when you're playing Mario Kart and you are looking at the wrong screen. Yes, I, it's that, but you're looking at all the screens and everything is going exactly according to plan. It's crazy. It's really cool. Yeah, I just thought, it, you know, it's we haven't really, like, seen the insides or the intricacies of it, so it was cool to read from it, or read about it. Yeah, definitely. Um, I don't have many notes up until, yeah, any other notes until Victoria and Riley show up. I never understood also why he sends Seth away. I guess he's trying to, like, save him, but then he comes back. I don't know. I thought that was weird. It was weird, and I feel like it was done simply for the, the like, the dramatices of it. The, oh, no, this is it. We're losing. How are the tides going to turn? And then Seth reappears. I was expecting that Seth was going to somehow run down to the clearing and Jacob was going to make it back to save the day. Like, that's what I was anticipating. I was genuinely surprised to read that Seth was the one to come to save the day because like you said, why did he leave? It doesn't make sense. Yeah. It's weird. There's a lot of things that Stephanie's doing in these two chapters that I'm like, wait, what? Hold on. What? It's like, this isn't what she should be writing. <laughs> what should she be writing then? Porn. Um, maybe like, Yeah. I think that she's got that. She's got she's got an idea. Maybe like softcore porn. Okay. I mean, yeah. So Victoria and Riley very ominously and dramatically enter their little area that they're in. And out of nowhere, Edward starts talking to Riley. And it almost seems like he's going to convince him for a second. He is basically telling him, like, you know that she lied to the other newborns. I don't know what, what they think they were there to do, <laughs> but she was like, peace out, bitches. So, we you know, like, obviously Riley knows that she lied to them. Um, and so he's like, she could have just as easily lied to you. She doesn't love you. She's using you as a tool. And Riley is low-key like, Damn, you might be right. <laughs> I, if Edward did not have these special powers, they would be dead. They would be already consumed. For sure, because he slows it down. That's why it doesn't, I feel like he's 
killing time for Seth to come back, but I don't. Then why did he send him away in the first place? I it all doesn't make sense. I also think that this is a way that you know, like in creative writing, they're like, don't tell people the story, like explain the story, like like don't just explicitly be like, this is how everything happens. Like let the let what's happening unfold through description and whatnot. Like I feel like this was a convenient way to explain just how we got here. I feel like it was just a convenient way to tie up the loose ends that the reader might have. Yeah, and kind of almost think as fast as they are having to think this chapter with everything happening at once. Right, yeah. So Edward is trying to convince Riley, like I said. He says, you know, you don't have to die. There are other ways to live. You know, it doesn't have to be this way. And then Victoria speaks up, and this is actually the first time we ever hear her speak. And I'm just going to read the little description, page 544. Her voice was not the strong, wild, cat-like growl I would have put with her face and stance. It was soft. It was high. A babyish soprano tinkling. The kind of voice that went with blonde curls and pink bubblegum. It made no sense coming through her bared, glistening teeth. I don't know why, but I love that her voice is like this. I'm literally picturing her talking with the voice of Elle Woods from Legally Blonde. I love that. Are you familiar with the voice actress Tara Strong? You probably are, but do you, can you think of her off the top of your head? Can you give me some roles? Um, Bubbles from the Powerpuff Girls. She was the voice of Ben 10 from Ben 10. Um, and Gwen, honestly, from Ben 10. Um, she was Tommy Pickles in Rugrats. She was like, there's like three main female voice actors from our cartoon ages. Oh, she was the voice of Timmy Turner in Fairly Odd Parents. Okay. Um, but she does this like squeaky young girly voice, and that's what I can hear is a Tara Strong voice voicing Victoria, which like I don't necessarily think is what they were going for, but it fits in my head. Do you like it? Like, how do you feel about it? It's very shocking because, I mean, all we've really gotten from Victoria is Bella's idea and perception of her. So, like, I was definitely picturing, like, uh, how Bella described it. I was picturing more of, like, a cat-like, just, like, silky kind of mischievous, I guess, kind of a voice. But, you know... I think it's, you know, it's just a fun little switch up. Like, our brains can make things much scarier than they are supposed to be. Yeah, it doesn't really achieve anything, which is why I kind of like it. It's just like a fun detail. Mm-hmm. Okay, so when she says, or she basically convinces Riley that she loves him, and this is all just a mind trick. So he just makes his decision and decides to fight. So then the fight begins. Seth shows back up, and it's very back and forth. Seth and Riley are actually having contact. Like, Seth rips off a couple of his arms. And by a couple, I mean both. Why did I say a couple? As if he had more than two. At least four of them. <laughs> um, but Edward and Victoria are kind of just like, Bella calls it dancing. They're just kind of like mirroring each other's movements, and she's looking for a way in. 
the girlies who know know and the girlies who don't don't but what i pictured for this description were beyblades fighting each other and if you know what beyblades look like when they're in the in the battle dome you'll know what i'm talking about yeah i'm a girly who doesn't fortunately let us know in the comments. Are you a girly who knows or a girly who doesn't? Also, Beyblades, let them rip. <laughs> Whatever that means. <laughs> okay. I personally stand Edward for whole time they're quote-unquote fighting. He's just dragging her through the mud. He's like, you know what? James didn't love you. This was all kind of a waste of time, which has me on the floor. So funny. This is one of the smartest things he's ever done. This is, you know, not only is he physically strong, like I said, sometimes he has roasts that really hit. This is now two roasts in a row that are to his advantage. Like he's he's physically aggressive and emotionally aggressive. I guess when you're that good at dragging yourself, you kind of get good at dragging other people too. You know, you do got a point. <laughs> um, they have this weird side conversation. I did want to get your thoughts on it. Top of page 548. Basically, Edward's talking about Seth and he's like, we're allies because of you. Like you brought us together. And then he says, look more closely, Victoria. Is he really so much like the monster James tracked across Siberia? And she says, not the same? Impossible. What do you think about that? I genuinely have no idea. This this part was very strange to me. I Again, it was just one of those things that felt interjected for no reason. I really did not understand what she what he was trying to achieve or what Stephanie was trying to achieve in writing this. Like, is it just saying that maybe Victoria has a little bit of experience or at least has seen a werewolf before or like that they saw a real wolf and it was scary. I like I don't know what I don't know what was what the point was. I'm gonna keep it real with you, Chief. I don't really know either. <laughs> It's another uh, truck in the parking lot situation. Oh, you mean the accident? Yes, 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 yes. Okay, <laughs> that's funny. Um, okay, I'm just going to bring up the elephant in the room. Why is this fight between Edward and Victoria so sexy? Like, Bella is getting hot and bothered by it. <laughs> and you know that's true. No one can tell me I'm wrong. They're both just live creatures, you know, just dance. Like, it, the language of it is very, I don't want to say flowery. I want it to make, I want it to be more hot than flowery. Very seductive, very velvety. I don't know. Like, it's, it, it didn't have to be that way. Yeah, the whole lion versus lioness thing, I'm like, that sounds kind of fun, TBH. That sounds like something I want to try in the bedroom sometime soon. You know what, when... I feel like Bella has described Edward's shoulders and his back as very cat-like or, like, feral. I don't know. I don't know how to describe it. We're hitting the, we're hitting the nail on the head right here on that. 
And people still want to claim that Bella's not bi. It's Gay Pride Month, Bella. We are okay with it. It's not Gay Pride Month. Gay Pride Month is June. I have seen so much about Pride Month. I just, I really thought it was right now. I mean, it should be every month, but it is not until June. I'm genuinely surprised. I like, for all the advertisements I've seen about Pride Month, I genuinely thought it was right now. Understandable, understandable. May is, however, Asian and um, Pacific Islander Heritage Month. So happy AAPI Month. Heck yeah, brother. Okay. I mean, I don't have much else. The fight's going back and forth. Seth is ripping off and spitting out chunks of Riley's body. Can I ask a question? Sure. I Maybe I just missed where it's explicitly mentioned, but does Bella actually ever stab herself? No, I was getting to that. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, that was my next thing, was that my note for this was, girly, come on now. Bella thinks that they're losing the fight, and so she's like, I know what I'll do. I'll literally reenact the third wife scene. So she grabs a rock, and she puts it against her skin, and she's about to, like, stab her arm with it. And so she takes, like, an in, like an inhale, and that inhale distracts Victoria. But she doesn't actually do it. You know, I personally have been completely distracted by people inhaling before. So totally, I totally get it. I don't know. I kind of thought it made sense. Oh. (laughs) I just think that, like, she can probably see that she's moving out of the corner of her eye because they, like, can see everything. And she's probably like, what's this bitch about to do? You know what I mean? You know, that does make sense. And the title of the chapter is Snap Decision. And in Bella's case, this kind of was a snap decision that Victoria probably wasn't planning for. It's not like Victoria knows the Quileute stories. So how would she know what be- what's going through Bella's mind right now? So, you know, maybe maybe that's why. Maybe that's the, that was the vibe that Stephanie was going for here. Yeah, I hope so. Because otherwise, you're right, it is kind of stupid. However, Edward does my favorite thing that he has ever done in this entire book series, in this moment. Bottom of page 550. Okay, I'm just going to read the bottom two paragraphs. Victoria was distracted by the sound of my gasp. Her eyes, holding still for one tiny portion of a second, met mine. Fury and curiosity mingled strangely in her expression. I wasn't sure how I heard the low sound with all the other noises echoing off the stone wall and hammering inside my head. My own heartbeat should have been enough to drown it out. But in the split second that I stared into Victoria's eyes, I thought I heard a familiar, exasperated sigh. (laughs) Edward is literally fighting for his life and he's like, my fucking girlfriend at it again. I also love that Bella takes it in. She notices it too. Like there it, everything is moving in such slow motion that Edward has the time to sigh and Bella's like I can hear him <laughs> sighing at me. <laughs> this is comedy. 
this is when the the sitcom laugh track would be playing right now. Um. Okay. So that I hate that it works. I fucking hate that it works because it does work. That moment of distraction basically gives Edward the edge. At the same time, Riley is losing all his limbs and Seth is just destroying him. And I do got to read the moment of Victoria's death because this is peak sexiness. Tell me that I'm wrong. Okay. I know you won't, but I'm, I'm challenging the listeners. Here we go. Though she spared Riley no farewell glance, Victoria seemed to realize that she was on her own. She began to back away from Edward, frenzied disappointment blazing in her eyes. She threw me one short, agonized stare of longing, and then she started to retreat faster. No, Edward crooned, his voice seductive. Stay just a little longer. I'm going to keep going, because it gets worse. She wheeled and flew toward the refuge of the forest like an arrow from a bow. But Edward was faster, a bullet from a gun. He caught her unprotected back at the edge of the trees, and with one last, simple step, the dance was over. Edward's mouth brushed once against her neck like a caress. The squealing clamor coming from Seth's efforts covered every other noise, so there was no discernible sound to make the image one of violence. He could have been kissing her. And then the fiery tangle of hair was no longer connected to the rest of her body. The shivering orange waves fell to the ground and bounced once before rolling toward the trees. I have to agree. There is nothing I find sexier in a man than him being being willing to decapitate someone for me. I just can't feel like any more insane in her monster fucking, like, because this is from her point of view. The reason it's sexy is because she thinks it's sexy. I mean, leading up to that point, there was a lot of choice words. You know? I'm like, did you want did you want her to be kissing? Or sorry, did you want Edward to be kissing Victoria? I mean, some of us may want that. <laughs> they would be a, a pretty like fire thruple, I feel like. If if James wasn't so evil, it could be a really good time. Oh, I was talking about Edward, Victoria, and Bella. I know. I'm adding James into the into the quadruple. Oh, okay. All right. Well, I have unceremoniously dropped us at the end of this chapter. So, did you have anything else? No, I. Well, actually, I do. I have more of a question. Okay. Let's see. Let me get to the. I might not be able to find it, but basically, Edward and his distracting of Victoria and their dancing. He kind of talks about her gift, which is, I guess, like the ability to escape. I didn't really like. I guess I didn't understand how that was. Like, what does that mean? How is that a gift? I don't I don't quite get it. That's a good question. And actually, it's never explained in further in canon, but it is in the guide. So let me just grab it really quick. <laughs> because I remember I was really interested by that, too. Um, let me find her little entry in this guide. Um. So basically, the point that I was or I was talking about it's on the bottom of page 546 Edward says you can always run later Edward purred again purred a very sexy word to use plenty of time for that it's what you do isn't it it's why James kept you around 
useful if you like to play dead if you like to play deadly games a partner with an uncanny instinct for escaping he shouldn't have left you he could have used your skills when we caught up to him in phoenix i just didn't understand why it was considered an uncanny skill i guess i don't really i i didn't really get it yeah so in his guide um it always like lists their name their birthday facts about them and then it says special abilities so this says she was exceptionally good at evading enemies. And then I think it'll probably, I mean, this is going like deep into her backstory, but it's basically just saying like she was good at hiding, like hiding was a talent. Let me see if it says anything else. Oh, this is interesting. Victoria's gift forewarned her when Edward was hunting her, just as it had with James. I don't know what that last part means, but, like, basically she had a talent to know when people were after her. And, like, I don't know if you remember, but in Twilight, when they're in the baseball field and James is, like, making a whole scene, and it's very clear, like, Bella makes a comment, like, the female seemed like she just wanted to run because she probably, like, felt, like, because of her power that they were, in like, in severe danger. You know what I mean? Okay, that's interesting. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot more. This is a lot long backstory on her, but we'll get into that later. Cool. Anything else? That was it. That was all I wanted to know. Okay, well, believe it or not, we have two more episodes. And I'll just mention this now, and I'll remind everyone next week. I have to be a dick and take a week off in between this next episode and the finale of Eclipse. Sorry about it, but I'm going to be out of town. But we will be back next week with two chapters. Um, chapters 25 and 26. Mirror and Ethics. I hmm. Mirror, I feel like, is going to be symbolic. I don't think it's going to be a literal mirror. And if there is a little literal mirror, I feel like it's going to be allegorical to something further that's going on. Yeah. So you don't think it's going to be the mirror of Erised just randomly appearing? You know, I genuinely don't think so. If it's going to be any mirror, I think it's going to be Mirror Mirror on the wall from Shrek 2. Actually, no, Shrek 1. And also, I think he's in Shrek 2 as well. Actually, he might be in all the Shreks. But anyways. Um... I think it's going to be like, like, Bella is judging someone, but then she's like, but I should hold the mirror up to myself and judge myself too. Something like that as something critical or vice versa, like wanting things in herself and then wanting to hold that mirror up to someone else. I think it's, I think there's going to be some deeper it meaning, you know, JT saying it's like, you're my mirror. Maybe it's going to be, Bella and Edward just being so on the same page. Who knows? I just don't think it's going to be a real mirror. Okay, and then the second chapter is ethics. I I think maybe ethics will be maybe some discussions on the truce that's going on because, you know, now that Victoria is no longer a threat, I feel like there's going to have to be some sort of diplomatic discussion on where this treaty lies. So maybe ethics is going to be a look into like the good and the bad of the werewolves and the vampires. Perhaps. Okay. 
So knowing that we only have four chapters left, do you have any general predictions for how this book will wrap up? I think we're going to get some sort of headway into the whole, are we really engaged? Are we setting a date for the wedding? I think there's just going to be a lot of, or at least some sort of finality or something to keep us on the edge. Because at the end of New Moon, Edward kind of like proposed, right? That was in the movie. In the book, no. Oh. We clowned the end of the book because she was like, I walked firmly towards my fate with my destiny by my side. You remember that? Yes. Yeah. Yep. 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 Um, so I feel like there's just going to be a, something of a cliffhanger. I mean, maybe the Volturi, they're going to be like, hey, remember us? And then the book ends or something like that. So I, there's either going to be some Volturi talk or I think some wedding talk. I am dead at the idea of, like, Arrow giving them a call and being like, hey, remember us, and then hanging up. (laughs) I saw, okay, I saw a Facebook um, meme compilation of comparing Twilight characters side by side with um, Shrek characters just by looks alone, and Arrow was put side by side with Lord Farquaad. (laughs) Honestly, that is actually really accurate. Because <laughs> they both wear red and they both have dark hair. They both look kind of weird and live in a castle. And gross. True. Okay, ma'am, it is your week to do the socials. All right, Tina's here. She's been here this whole time. So if you hear any screaming, it's Tina. You can follow us slash message us on Instagram and on Tumblr at Tuesdays are for Twilight. Thanks for all the nice messages. So when you hear this, it's going to be a week later, but we record, we record on Tuesdays and we release episodes on Tuesdays. So shout out to all the, all the peeps messaging us about last week's episode. Um, Tom and Jem always just the best. Um, if you want to tweet us, our Twitter handle is a little different. It's at TaftPod. If you want to send us a long-form comment or just, you know, want to catch up, you can send us an email at TuesdaysAreForTwilight at gmail.com. If you want to support us on our Patreon, and since we only have two episodes left, we're going to be Hulu Watch Partying eclipse at some point we'll have more dates closer to the end but you can support us on patreon at www.patreon.com slash tuesdays are for twilight and please look into and help support the quill youths and their efforts efforts to move their cultural land to higher ground you'll be included in patreon events as well and also help a really great cause you can find out more and support them at www.mthg.org beautiful I love it. I was in a middle school today for work, and they had a Twilight poster on the wall of their library. It just reminded me not to get scenty, but this this series is alive and well, folks, and we appreciate you listening to us in the year of our Lord 2022. So thanks for coming along with us. Paige, what do you got for them? Don't forget to take your meds today. If you haven't taken them today, you should take them today. Also, I've found that B12 is a really great supplement. Interesting. Okay. I don't know why I acted like I had a thought after that. (laughs) It makes me feel really energized. It also turns my pee neon yellow. Oh, okay. 
Gonna be doing some Googling about that later, but we'll see y'all next week for chapters 25 and 26. Bye. Bye. Our amazing intro and outro music was performed by Danny Plowman and produced by Alberto Beltran. You can follow Danny at Danimal6, and that's six the word, not six the number, Danimal6 underscore on Instagram. Mm-hmm.